Hello, everybody. You know what time it is. It's the Crosspoint Scripture Podcast. It's your host, Pastor Josiah. So glad to be back with you. Really appreciate all the encouragement you guys have sent my way. Emails, coming up to me in person, texts. Thank you very much. Um, It keeps you going. When you're sitting here recording these by yourself, you wonder, are people being helped? So when you guys let me know, I really appreciate it. Um, What do we do this for? Well, it is. It's to help the Bible reader. We're thinking about you guys. Um, We know that being committed to the habits of the Christian life is essential to our growth in being Christ-like and knowing God and having health in our relationship with him. And Bible reading is, you know, the spinal cord of all that. And so we've got to keep that part of our lives healthy. And we hope that Crosspoint Scripture Podcast um, helps keep you on the road for that. Okay? So today we're going to be in Psalm 100. Um, Only five verses in Psalm 100. And some of these short um, psalms are good, just as a kind of a, by the way, these short psalms like 100 make good things to memorize, to kind of get your feet wet and get um, heavier into Bible memorization. Why would you do that? To get a gold star from God? No. (laughs) No. He doesn't do that kind of stuff. But what you do it for is, you have lots of stuff in your mind. You know, people think of memorization as something different or aside from it, but it isn't. You have song lyrics and movies you love and lines from shows you're watching. All kinds of stuff is in your mind. And Bible memorization just means purposely putting Scripture in there so that you don't have to read it to remind yourself. It's just in you, it's in your head, and you could just quote it like you do some of your favorite movies and songs. And so Psalm 100 makes a good one for that. Uh, But today our verse of the day from Psalm 100 is, For the Lord is good. This is reading from the ESV, Psalm 100, verse 5. It says, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Okay. Basically three lines, um, all illustrating the first one. So first we get the statement, for the Lord is good. And then we get that filled in. Does that make sense? So you can say something's good, but that's a big word, man. I mean, cheeseburgers are good, and my kids are good, and they're, <laughs> they're good in very different ways. And so when we read, for the Lord is good, the rest of the verse fills out why. Why is the Lord good? Well, here's two reasons why. His steadfast love endears forever. Love the word steadfast. Um, it sounds like, because it is from the phrase, stand fast, meaning um, nowadays we use fast only for speed, but this word comes from a time when to um, fasten, it's still there, that word is still there, to fasten something when you fasten a belt buckle or something like that. So steadfast, you want to think about um, God is immovable. He's steadfast. He's steady. And he's fastened to your life. Does that make sense? I like the sound of that. And uh, that's what stands behind steadfast. And you could go, okay, he's steady and fastened to my life. That is that necessarily good news? It is because we're talking about his steadfast love. God's love is riveted to you. <laughs> Isn't that neat? It cannot be removed. The Lord is good because he fastens his love onto your life in a steady way. 
And to make sure we understand what that means, it goes on to say, in other words, his steadfast love endures forever. So, you know, think about all these things that come against love, you know, um, hard times, disappointing each other, issues, problems, sickness, even death. And what the Bible is very clear about is none of those things can stop or unfasten God's love from your life. And, of course, um, the picture of this is very clear in Jesus, and I want to get to that in a minute because Jesus was the steadfast love of God living among us, illustrating what that means, you know, in every way, but the clearest of all in the cross. But let's move on to that last line, which says, and his faithfulness to all generations. And so it's not just confined to you. It goes on to your children's children's children. Okay. And of course we know this promise, um, the Psalms were written for God's original people, Israel, you know, the people that he loved and from whom came the Messiah, Jesus. And then it's only because of Jesus and um, his apostle, Paul, that we know it was meant for us too, those of us who are Gentiles. It w- God opened, swung open that kingdom, and because of the cross of Jesus Christ, his resurrection, the giving of the Holy Spirit and the church, that door to the steadfast love of God in Jesus Christ was open to all who would come in. All right, that's the good news of the gospel. And so when we read a promise like this and say this is addressed originally to um, the people of Israel, that's true, but we have it on the authority of the gospel that it's for us too. You want to think about verses, okay, in the New Testament, like the entire chapter, um, chapter 8 of Romans. You know, if you want to write that down and go back and look at it. Romans chapter 8, we'll get into this, and it culminates especially in in a verse a lot of us are familiar with, um, Romans 8 and 28, for we know um, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And thankfully, that's the apostle to the Gentiles speaking there. That's Paul, so he's speaking to everyone. And Paul himself, Jewish, was a Jewish man, so he's speaking to God's people Israel and to all of us, the Gentiles who've been let in. And uh, so this promise is for us to, okay, let's look at Jesus in this verse. It's When I read the steadfast love endures forever is faithfulness to all generations, the temptation is constantly that these things would just become words. And I think you guys know what that's like. Maybe you've even had it from your family uh, that you came from or your friends or sometimes your work where you're just told things like, hey, we're here for you, or, you know, I love you, but you, you're you not sure what that means. And God knew that words and humans were tended to do this, to empty words, yeah, words of their meaning. And so he put in flesh and blood his love, okay? So we know from the gospel, and you go back and read your gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then honestly, the rest of the New Testament unfolds this as well, is that a huge part of why Jesus came was to show in flesh and blood what the love of God looks like. It looks like God himself putting himself uh, in a place to serve us, to suffer from the things we suffer from, to um, humble himself and be obedient, uh, to even give his life away 
to be publicly shamed on the cross for us, you know, to fulfill the mandate from his father first and foremost, but the mandate from God the Father was illustrate my love to my people and to this world um, to take the penalty for our sin upon himself. So this is what it looks like, and it's good. We need to keep, it's very important as Christians to keep the definition, the day-by-day, what's it really like, though, definition of God's love so that when we read these Psalms, like Psalm 105, 100 verse 5, it doesn't become just words. We need to let it lead us back to Jesus, the living love of God. Okay? And then we can take all of Jesus' commands, his word, his guidance for life. You know, Jesus tells us what to do. He does. And he doesn't apologize for it. He tells you, Jesus is telling you what to do. But you can know that the guy telling you what to do is doing it with love, the love of God, the love of the cross, okay? And so when we read this, for the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, it shouldn't just wash over our heads, you know, especially in a world like this where we're all hurting, we're having a hard time, it seems like there's suffering and issues and weird stuff on every side. So in the midst of this, we need to remember that the love of God looks like Jesus, it's not just words, and it's not promises of pie in the sky, by and by. It's right now, today, day by day, one day at a time, love of God that endures forever, and it's faithful to all generations, okay? And that makes the rest of Psalm 100 make sense, um, where we read, make it, starting at verse 1, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. How? Why would I do that? Because he's good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. Verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Why would I do that? Because he's good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Okay? So there's just a feel for how these psalms are supposed to work. You know, there's a there's a function. I, hate, I almost hate to use that word, but I think it's kind of important. There's a function to how they work where we follow a path down from verse 1 to verse 5 that leads us to the goodness and the steadfast love of God and shows us what the only proper reaction to something like that would be, which is making a joyful noise to the Lord and serving him with gladness and coming into his presence with singing and knowing that he's God and reveling in the fact that he made us and we belong to him in the way that sheep belong to their shepherd and coming to him with thanksgiving and praise and blessing his name, okay? So it all feeds back into each other. All right, guys, I just love the Psalms. They've always been helpful to me. Um, Good to be back with you guys and, and hope to be putting these episodes out as often as we can. And we'll see you next time.